The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. Joining me today on the panel are Pat Scott. Hi, Pat. Hello there. And Father Andrew Kinstetter. Hi, Father Andrew. Hello there. And, oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Obi-Wan. Uh, so <laughs> let's start Let's start this week with a little bit of listener feedback. And uh, we had an, uh, a comment on our Facebook page, uh, not, not our Facebook page, on our, our website from Ted Coville, who was commenting on our most recent episode where we discussed uh, Joanne and, and Father Corey and I discussed where church tech stands now in this part of 2020, what, given all the things that have happened, where we stand with technology in the church. And uh, Ted says, this week's episode was of particular interest to me. I'm a member of a parish in central Massachusetts, and I feel that we're a little ahead of most parishes in the technology field due to the activity of some very techie people, particularly a gentleman who was a sound engineer at Bose. Uh, most people don't know Bose, uh, or some people might not know Bose is headquartered here in Massachusetts. Uh, I'll I add that in as an aside. So, uh, he says, uh, this guy can even make the sound enjoyable in our downstairs church hall, a.k.a. the basement. And that's quite a feat, let me tell you. <laughs> I've, I've been in church <laughs> halls. So uh, he says, Joanne's discussion of her challenges with the adult faith formation interested me. My wife and I are the directors of our parish's RCIA program, and this program integrates the faith formation along with the evangelization of our members. I'm not sure how we're going to approach this year, but I would imagine that it may be a hybrid of online and in-person. I feel that the in-person contact is important for this program because the witness that that our team shares brings the group together. And when we get to the Easter vigil, we have a tight-knit group. Also, during our meeting, I like to tell jokes or integrate humor into our discussions. And in an online setting, I can't see if people are smiling or rolling their eyes. Well, you need better webcams. That's the big... To <laughs> 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 get that higher resolution, you can see those eye rolls. Let me tell you, because I, I, I can tell oh. all the time from my jokes. Uh, uh, that's actually very very uh, good point, Ted. I, I like that point because it is important. No matter how much technology we get, no matter how good the technology is, heck, if we get a holodeck, programs where we're you know holodeck in the same room it still isn't the same as being physically mm -hmm. present to, to the people mm -hmm. and forming those bonds that physical presence helps us form uh, what do you guys think i've i've always liked to say that uh the technology can never replace that actual human connection um i like to to kind of take the the idea that um in fact it's not my idea but we are incarnational people mm -hmm. So like that's the whole point of sacramental theology is that God gave us ways to connect to to encounter him in a physical way. You know, the Eucharist, we yep. eat and drink um, baptism. We, we have water poured over our head, anointing, you know, et cetera. So they're physical. Uh, and that's why the sacraments cannot be done virtually. Right. And so there is a there is a real a real good and a necessity of actual physical human interactions, both in the sacraments, but also with one another. And technology can be very helpful, uh, but it can't replace. Right. So I, I, I think here at my parish, we're going to be small enough that we're going to be able to spread out in our church basement 
Yep. And so I'm excited for that because even with the face masks and all of that, we're going to actually be able to physically kind of see each other versus uh, a Zoom call, which again works, but it never can replace. Yep. Pat? Oh, agree, th- you know, very, very much. You know, technology is great as a supplement. Yeah. Not a replacement or something that you can use to get by until you can get to the real thing. That's right. That's right. Uh, your mm-hmm. grandkids have been saying that uh, they love to see you and their grandfather on, you know, FaceTime, but they really miss having you here and giving you hugs and that sort of thing. And that's yeah. the sort of thing that, that this is about is, we, you know, as, as, as much as it helps, because if we didn't have the technology, we wouldn't even have that. But it, it mm-hmm. is not really a replacement for us. So, you know, we pray for the day that COVID goes away and we can all be together in each other's presence again uh, and sit next to each other and look at the iPad together. So <laughs> on, on the other hand, uh, I will say, <laughs> again, I'm not saying that it should replace this, but I have attended a few even Catholic uh, conferences yep. online. And I've actually really appreciated not having to navigate the crowds to get to a seat to in a convention yeah. hall, you know, to or listen travel. to a, yeah. you know, or travel uh, to listen to some of these really great, you know, Catholic speakers at, at various uh, conferences. Yep. Um, however, I do like going to those, too. So I, right. I can't I can't quite yeah. say, but sometimes it's nice to avoid the crowd. Well, that's one of the things that kind of came up in our discussion was this idea. We didn't specifically talk about conferences, but just the idea that. This situation really propelled so many ministries in the church to embrace these communications technologies mm-hmm. in ways that weren't that they hadn't before. And thank God that they have, because we should have a long time ago uh, and really made it possible for people to. Gosh, there's a theology of the body conference coming up in October. Yep. I think it was. There's a there's a. Uh, a, a rosary pilgrimage conference with these amazing speakers being done by our friends down in Australia at Perusia. Uh, they, like just so many of these, like too many <laughs> that, I could, that I could attend. Yeah, I'd love to attend them all, but, but I mean, I say too many with asterisk, I mean, uh, scare quotes, but um, it, it's really, it's really great to see that the embracing of this technology. Yeah, I went on a virtual tour to Lourdes a couple of weeks ago, and, uh, you know, I didn't ask for the, the holy water to be sent to Lourdes water to be sent to me or some of the other things that I could have. But it was like, you know, being there virtually was something I couldn't have done this year, you know, anyway, or several years. I've never been to Lourdes. But, uh, yeah, and then I, you know, I've attended some plays. I've listened to some conferences. I've watched masses from Ireland. I would never have done before. And so I, I feel like there's a lot of enrichment during this time as long as we keep keep them in balance. Right. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Ted, for uh, for your feedback. We really appreciate it. We love getting feedback from from our listeners. So let's move on to our first our, our big topic today, our major topic for, for this episode, which is we, we want to talk a little bit about oversharing. <laughs> Everyone has that friend on social media who does a little <laughs> a little too much oversharing of their opinions on certain things. But I'm not necessarily talking about that. that. That's part of it. But more about how do we how should we be careful about sharing personal or private information about ourselves? And where are the lines we draw when it comes to sharing ourselves on social media, on blogs, on photo sites, all these different places? Um, because on the one hand, we want to put ourselves out there. We want to be present, like we were talking about, to others. We want to make connections with people. And 
Some of that is about personal social connections. Some of that is about familial connections. Some of that is people want to make uh, evangelical connections, like as in being a disciple, sharing their faith. But but maybe there, there are lines that we should draw in places we shouldn't go. And then on top of that, how do we help our kids stay safe and learn how to be safe and not share too much online that makes them vulnerable? In fact, make any of us vulnerable to others who might want to hurt us in various ways. So uh, let's start with just some of the basics ways that we some of the basic things that we should all keep in mind about things we shouldn't share online. What's what are some things we should not share online in, say, social media or whatnot? Well, one of the things that I see a lot of is people will say, well, message me or email me, and then they'll put their email address or phone number on a posting. And that's that's a no-no. That's a real, because you don't know who third, fourth hand sees that. And uh, so that's one thing I try to, you know, private message me, you know, or that type of thing and try to 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 encourage that carefulness. Right. I think I think, yeah, your phone number really should be your it's kind of funny because 30 years ago, your phone number was your primary connection to the world because it was a home phone number. It was a number connected to a building, really, in in, in many senses. And it was but, in the phone book. And it was in the right. There was a phone book that listed everybody's phone number, unless you with asked addresses. them not to. With addresses. With addresses. It's a different time, different time. But uh, I'm in the phone book. I'm somebody. I'm just thinking of Steve Martin and the jerk. <laughs> uh, so, but, but uh, now a phone number is very personal. It's my phone. Like it's you. That's communication directly to me. And, yeah, sharing that online or even worse, sharing someone else's phone number. Oh, just text so and so. Here it is. Like uh that's a that's a big no-no as well, I think. I I agree. Yeah, be hold that stuff a little closer to the vest. Same thing with with email addresses. I mean, email addresses are fairly public, but gosh, you know, be careful where you put your email address cuz those get scraped by the bots and then you're going to get all kinds of stuff in your in your mailbox. I th- I think a uh, a good general principle to just kind of keep in mind is just assume that everything that you post online is equivalent to a postcard going through the mail. Yes, or a so, billboard. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So so like you know anybody could just pick it up and could read it or to to see what you posted. And that um, applies to that, email as well, by the way. Right. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. And I and I know that you know there's there's private uh groups in facebook and 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 such and they are they are really good about their privacy but still i mean in, even those things can can leak out through uh a family member who's in a private group who's not careful with what they're sharing in their privacy settings um you know and and the whole the whole point is we and 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 it's so it's it's just it's frustrating at some level we live in a broken world if we lived in a perfect world where everyone had the best intentions and there was no sin, this wouldn't be an issue, you know, but, but the fact is, is we live in a broken world and there are people out there who are going to try to scam you or trying to, you know, they could, they could steal your identity. If you post too much about your, your home address, your mother's maiden name, you know, whatever you post people, there are those people out there who are going to take that and use it to their advantage. And I am seeing results of that with clients that all of a sudden, you know, the, their bank accounts are being hacked and all of that. And it's it, it's sad that, it's, it, you know, they're, they're getting in through email, they're getting in through public records or they're in it or through breaches. And it, it's just really sad to see what what agony 
these people are having to go through. This is one of the reasons why we, we're always recommending, you know, uh, password managers and unique passwords and and using nonsense answers for security questions. Because if you use security questions are, are one of the worst things, because so often they're asking you for personal information that can be looked up. And so someone's motivated or, you know, if you're online for 10, 15 years and you've talked to all kinds of people about all kinds of things, if someone could could glean through that and find information that could answer some of those security questions, what's your mother's maiden name? It's not the hardest thing in the world to figure out if someone's motivated to. So it did like. Uh, when you're when when you use setting up passwords and security question answers, use nonsense answers and nonsense passwords. This is a complete aside, but as you're talking about security questions, all I can think of is I I had one recently, and I I can't even remember what it was, but the security question was more or less like, "Who is your favorite teacher in elementary school?" Mm-hmm. That's a common one. But yeah. like, but as I like, I had to try to answer it to like reset my password. And I couldn't remember who I thought my favorite <laughs> elementary school teacher was or who I when I created the account at that time, who I thought my favorite one was. So actually, it it was almost like a security against myself, which wasn't so helpful. Right. But That's why I always put the security questions and the answers I gave in my password manager. Uh-huh. That's good, a, a little good, tip good there. Call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because depending on the day, I might say Mrs. Graham or Mrs. Marsh. Right. Those are the only two I right. remember from grade school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and as I'm aging, I'm not forgetting those. <laughs> right. And, and in fact, I'm, never, I'm not going to use either of those in mine because I'm going to use a random word to, to answer it. Uh, but that's the other reason, you know, to save that is because if you're using random words, you you really want to know what the question was that the random word goes with. Um, like blue bananas or something. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So um, things like uh, your address, it, it, you'd be surprised at how easy it is to find out someone's address, home address, uh, especially if the town where you live has property records online, which many of them do. And you just need to enter someone's name. Um, so that's that's a bit tricky. So, um, it, you know, you might not want to put your hometown in certain if if you if you really want to be private. Um, what do you think about like a lot of people won't put photos of their kids online? Uh, it used to be like my like my brothers and sisters were much more stringent about this years ago. Um, they like they would or gas that I would put pictures of my kids on my facebook or whatever but now they do all <laughs> the time so i think people have become less worried about this but what do you think about this photos of yourself your home your kids and the metadata in your photos do, 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 should we worry about that what do you think well i guess for some of it i think there was a real overblown thing that that there was so much fear and panic that people were afraid their kids were going to be kidnapped you know that the, the that there was an over hyper vigilance that I think was not realistic. Uh, but yes, I've got I've had clients that have moved because of an abusive spouse, and so you know we've talked about you know make sure that you know when you're if you're posting something it doesn't have the geographic data in there, and or you know sometimes using an alias instead of your real name. I've got some people who are doing that that they come up with a a Google Voice phone number and they come up with a, a pretend name because they've got stalkers. Yeah, th- there are apps out there that will strip the, the uh, what's called EXIF data. That's the, the data that's embedded into the photos that includes location data if it's taken with a phone or other device that knows that has a GPS in it. And there are apps out there that will strip that data out before it uploads it to Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Uh, so that might be something you want to look into 
if, if that concerns you. Well, and also not posting is public. You know, there's a lot of people that, that make the mistake of the little world is showing every time they post something and they don't know it. Now, mine does because a lot of what I'm doing is, is technical information or what I think is general purpose, not specifically aimed at my friends and colleagues. So, you know, it just depends upon what you're used to and be very careful about what you post where. And private groups is a good way to, you know, avoid posting some of those things publicly if it's if it's a very small group then that's that's another good way and i think it depends too on on who you are and and you know i guess your your own concerns for one but for me like i'm i'm a public person so i mean if i'm going to post a picture of the church i i'm not going to care if someone pulls the geographical data of course you know they, right. they already know where i live they already know where the church is you know um or even if like, um, for example, like when I went to Poland, uh, you know, f for World Youth Day I, in 2016, you know, so like I I'm not going to care if someone knows that I was in Poland and pulls that pulls that data. Uh, the I think one of the things that, that could be problematic there and, and I it, that wasn't necessarily true for my situation, but like if someone's on vacation and is posting pictures of their vacation then that can be an alert to someone who's potentially wanting to burglarize their house that they're not home. So I usually try to wait till after yep. I get home and then I post the pictures. This is where yep, I've just been. Gonna, <laughs> just going to recommend that. It's not that you yeah. don't have to share, but, you know, uh, wait until after the fact. Right. Um, I recently went on vacation. That was, that's, that was a concern for me. And so um, I did share some stuff while I was away, but it was shared friends only as opposed to public and that that sort of thing so uh but uh, yeah i try to be very careful about talking about like not being home like if i'm traveling in the in melanie and the kids are here alone i try not to leave the impression that they're here alone and that sort of thing too i i, I want to be careful with that so um other things you might want to hold back is maybe information about your job like where you work um it, it it's a you know some people have opinions about the world we live in and they voice them online and then other people don't like those opinions so they decide to tell your boss that they don't like your opinion and that can get create a lot of trouble for you that brings up a really good point uh especially for those who are trying to get hired uh, I mean, I would probably say most every employer is going to do a Google search on you if you're oh, yes. applying for a job. And if you have posted something that's vulgar about, you know, your political opinions or about, you know, a company or or a even person. just how. <laughs> yeah. Even even just how you present yourself online, they, they can they can see that and get a feel for who you are as a person and your moral character. And that could influence, you know, whether or not they choose to hire you or not. Yes. And there are ways to go back and scrub some of that information mm -hmm. and, and delete. But photos are a lot harder to delete in bulk. Right. You know, uh, you could there they have offered some new tools for you to go back and find posts from certain times with certain characteristics and be able to select a bunch and delete them. But mm. that's it's not real easy. This came up in a discussion we had a few weeks ago, Thomas and Jack and I. Uh, it might have been just Thomas and I talking about uh, job search online using technology for your job hunt. And he talked about you can go back and scrub your social media feed. You could you, in fact, you can there's a setting in Facebook where you can make everything pro before this moment private. private. 
But you might not want to do that either because you're you want to show that you have some presence because it'll look suspicious if you have a squeaky clean mm-hmm. I didn't exist before last week <laughs> image online. Yeah, that 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 raises other questions. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> what you hiding, guy? <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So and. Uh, I just want to throw out there. You also just, I mean, just, just don't post those kind of vulgar opinions. Um, there are, I, I've seen so many things. And in fact, uh, one of my, one of my favorite TV shows, the flash, um, one of the, one of the actors got fired for tweets that he sent eight years ago, something like that, you know? And of course it's those sorts of things are like, you see online that, you know, the tweet has since been deleted. But there's already been screenshots. There's already been it's already been shared online. So, I mean, even though if even if you delete them now, someone could have already captured that. And, you know, it could it, hopefully it doesn't haunt you again. Just don't just don't post those kind don't of things. Do it the we, first we sort place. of <laughs> right. We sort of have this feeling of anonymity that is unrealistic online, even in our social media accounts that are tied directly to us. And I don't know, it's given people all sorts of platforms to to say what they would never say in person. I would hope they wouldn't say it in person. There are some, some people I know who might say some of this. <laughs> uh, but So, you know, that actually brings up a good point because I want to kind of turn the, the conversation just a little bit to talk about advice we would give to young people about you, about sharing online personal information or their views on the world or that sort of thing. Cause as you mentioned, like I've seen several times this year where People have gotten in big trouble, lost good jobs for things that they said 10 or more years ago that are which is not fair. Yeah, it happens. They're Mm -hmm. deemed unacceptable now. Like you're being held accountable for being stupid and young. I mean, we were all stupid and young ones. We we should be allowed to learn and and, and grow. Uh, But that be that as it may say, what father, what what advice would you give, especially from your experience about being online as a young person. So I'm going to tell my story a little bit. This is um, <clears throat> quite a bit personal, so uh, bear with me a little bit. But I think it, it raises some some very crucial points, especially towards two uh, kids in kind of, I, I would say, junior high and high school. I mean, that that age range that everybody's trying to figure out who they are and everybody is super uh, sensitive on, you know, any sort of. Well, anyways, uh, it's a rough time for for all of us and especially for those today uh, where young young people, I think, are are trying to find acceptance. And so they are trying to find that through their their social media presence or their online presence. And uh, we just have to be really, really careful with that. And so so my story um, in a in a nutshell was uh, our my English teacher. Actually, I was in 11th grade and my English teacher had us do the probably worst English project ever. And she thought it would be a good idea to use Blogger as a journal. So the idea being is that we as students would post every other week and then she would go online and read them. So rather than typing something and turn them in as a, I mean, it was meant to be a creative writing sort of thing, but it was a, you could write about anything. So it was sort of a journal um, exercise. And of course, as an 11th grader, um, 15 years ago, roughly blogger to me was as long as you didn't know my website, you couldn't find me. And that was my first mistake. 
Um, you know, and, and so I used it. I was, I was, uh, verbally bullied in, in junior high and high school. I was, uh, 4.0 student. I was, I was the goody two shoes basically. And, um, I, my classmates were, uh, not, not as, not as mature as I wish they would have been. And so I ended up using blogger to kind of speak some of my own frustrations against my classmates. And I, I had the, the foresight to not ever use names, but if you were in the school, you could piece together exactly, you know, who I was talking about and what was going on. And, um, at one point, so this was, I don't know, this was going on for six weeks or so. And so I had, I had a number of, of posts that I was, it was, I think helpful at one level to be able to voice my frustrations, but online was not the place to do it. And I thought I was safe. And so one evening I discovered a blog that was linked to mine. And one of, one of my classmates uh, had created a anonymous blog with a very vulgar URL and then proceeded to call me out by name Thankfully, they misspelled my last name. So if you Google search it, you will not find it unless you know exactly what you're searching for. Um, and then just, I mean, it's kind of comical now that I look back on it. I mean, they made fun of my Star Wars obsession. So, you know, they, they mentioned in there that uh, maybe they should write in Wookiee so I can understand um, them. And they and they just, you know, so like looking back on it now, it's like, wow, <laughs> that is just, you know, just silly. Uh, but But it was very harsh and very personally attacking me as a as a person and um some of the other friends that I had and so like that evening I I stumbled across this blog that was completely cyberbullying me and it was the first time in my entire life that I was scared to go to school the next day because I I was convinced I was going to walk in there and be physically assaulted um, you know, and I'd never been physically bullied, but I, I assumed that was what was going to happen. Um, and I, of course, brought this up to the English teacher immediately and the principal and, and they could never prove exactly who did it. So nobody really ever got in trouble, you know, and nothing ever really happened. Um, it just kind of got brushed under the rug and thankfully, I mean, I wasn't injured or anything, but, but it really woke me up to the fact that i mean be, doing something like that online is is not at all private even if you think it is um you know and i i that whole blog of mine is completely gone now so i mean ugh, you know if i if i have something like that that i'm going to write about it's going to be with a pen and a paper uh in adoration <laughs> between right. me and jesus right and right. my spiritual director uh, you know, so, but, but the, the general kind of principle there is, uh, you know, especially in high school, there is so many things going on. We, we want to figure out who we are and we want to be loved for who we are. And so in high school, everybody's in that same boat. And yet we're all terrified that we're not good enough to be friends with other people. We're not good enough to be loved. And so there, you know, and bullying happens and self-esteem issues and like all of that is going on and people want to find a way to, to be able to, to share their, their frustrations, their hurts, their, their wounds, their, you know, whatever's going on in their heart. And my recommendation is absolutely, you should do that, but you should not do that via, you know, your Instagram posts or Snapchat or, you know, don't, don't 
find someone to talk to on Facebook unless you know exactly who they are and, 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 you know, do those things outside of the internet versus, you know, within the internet. Um, Don't not to make be yourself devoid of, vulnerable online in that right, way. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Because people will, will take that. And, and if they're, if, well, and we're all broken human beings, but if, if they take that the wrong way, they could, they could turn it around and use that to cyber bully you. If you are using, you know, Instagram to, to just try to share your heart. And then what that will do is that will just, you know, cause, cause you to shut down and not share your heart and bottle up whatever, whatever's going on inside. And, and we need to be able to share and express ourselves. That's just, that's healthy. One of the big differences from when I was a kid is you could leave school, come home, safe, safe place. You Mm -hmm. know, you left whatever, because I, I had kids who were jerks to me in in school too. Uh, and I, I did get some physical altercations at a few points. I was a small kid, easily uh, bullied. But um, that, but you could go home and it was safe. But now with social media, there is no safe place anymore if, if, you, if that's your world. So, uh, you know, for parents, find out what they're using for social media. Make sure that they're being safe about it. Don't let them use it if that, if, I mean... It's hard if they're in school, all the other kids are there. If they're not there, that that sets them apart and makes them a target for bullying. So it's tough. It's tough. You got to find a balance of you can use it, but you got to use it in such Carefully. a way as you're safe. And and parents, I think it's it's super important that they yeah, that they're active in their kid's life and not just, you know, <sighs> providing food and shelter like right. and you know, the, the, the only, phone bill <laughs> right right the, yeah exactly uh, you know one of the main reasons why i i didn't do anything terrible in high school um and i could have like i was i was bullied i did i mean i had self-esteem issues you know but at the core i knew that those that there was something wrong with that perception of myself and that i was loved because i had a family around me who cared enough to ask me how my day was. In fact, I hated it when, when dad would say, what did you learn today in school? (laughs) Okay. It's like just another day at school, dad, you know, but, but there was something there that he, that was his way of, of asking me like to share my day with him, you know? And so to know that my dad cared and to know that my mom cared and that I could talk to them about this and the fact that they would ask me about it, um, you know, gave me that, that avenue to talk about what was going on in my heart without, um, yeah, without just bottling it up, I guess. Mm-hmm. I had a, a tough conversation with my oldest, who's 14 tough, only in the sense of, Oh, I really don't want to have to talk about this, but let's talk about when you're, when you, when you're online, cause she's starting to be online. She doesn't have social media, but she's using different communication tools for her school. And I'm like, when you're online, Okay, these are some things you got to be you got to be aware of. There are people out there like this. There's someone may, could ask you to do this. What would you say to them? Oh, I would never. You know, there was a I read this article. Um, I should have got a link for it about how girls feel obligated to share inappropriate photos of of themselves because boys ask. And just it puts them in such vulnerable positions. They want to be loved. Yeah, exactly. And my oldest. <laughs> obviously he's homeschooled and that's there's not been exposed to any of that stuff she's like no of course not that that's private and that's 
that's that only that belongs between to me that's my that's my privacy and my dignity i'm like oh thank god she's been listening <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so that's good i mean i felt good about that but yeah and, and what and she actually said one of the things that's helped her with this is she's a she's in a bsa she's a scout um a, a scout she's a a scout girl in the Boy Scouts of America, that the new Scout Girl thing that they have. Oh, I don't know what okay. the right word is. It's just not really Girl Scouts. <laughs> and anyway, they have a, a program that they do teaching all of the Scouts about how to be safe, how to be safe in person with other people, how to be safe online. And she said that helped a lot. So if that's you great. if you have a kid who's in Scouts, that's that's a resource to, to check out. I was going to say, way back in the day, there were diaries that would get uh, stolen and people would be bullied because of what, and you know, the things spread all over. So what I would almost recommend is, yes, you had, need a way to to write out your frustrations and stuff and then tear it up or burn it. Yes. You know. Or write you, it in code. You need, <laughs> well, yeah, those are, those are broken, too. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's one of the things that I, as an adult, have even had to do to myself is let myself put some of this stuff on paper and then sit on it for three days, even rewrite it so I can distill better what I'm feeling and then tear it up or burn it. And so that's that's a technique that you don't want to put online and you don't want to put it in a place where somebody can pick up your writing. I think that that's a that's a really good image. If you were to write something like that in your diary, it should not go online and because it can because it can be viewable by anybody. And I, I love the idea of writing in a journal um, and sure, turn, tearing it up and burning it. But I, I would throw in there that that's I, that's what I like to do in the Adoration Chapel. And work it out with Jesus, because if if you just write it out, which is great um, and tear it up, I think as a human being, we just we still have a need to, sh- to share it with someone. So even if it's sharing it with God in prayer, that's that's perfect. Um, often we need someone who's close enough to us, a family member, a good friend who we can also share that with. Um, but that's not as crucial, I think, as as taking it to, to prayer. If you want, if you do want to keep a journal, and that's a journal of things that you want to refer back to, you don't want to tear it up. Uh, a an electronic version of this that that might be secure enough for you. Uh, it's and, and again, anything can be cracked with enough brute force, but it, it might be secure enough for your purposes. There's a, a Mac app called Day One. It uses that the best level of encryption out there. RSA two fifty six encryption encryption I think or five twelve I mean it's really high level encryption put a super awesome strong password on it <laughs> that so no one can break and and put your thoughts in that and it, it's a really great app uh, if 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 you if you need to have a journal that you can keep stuff that you want to refer back to in the future and and isn't the sort of stuff that you, that would be devastating if some, someone were to to get into it. Yeah, you know, in the future, when or in the past, when we look back, we had all these journals and diaries and letters and stuff. We've lost a lot of things for literary purposes, right. though. Historical, you know, because yeah. yeah, we really have. And and uh, where would we be without some of those those journals to give us insight into some of the uh, That's the true. Uh, our ancestors? That's mm-hmm. true. We have blogs, but it's a two edged sword. Well, we have blogs and social media now, so that kind of makes up for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except that they're ephemeral too, you know, yeah. in the sense that you they can be lost, they can be uh destroyed, etc. Mhm. 
can and and I want to uh, try to take this in the opposite direction too, uh, because I, I I don't want this to come across as we should be terrified of social media and terrified of of sharing ourselves online, because there is a a healthy and a balanced and a prudent way to do that. Um, you know, especially you know I as a priest, I'm a public figure. I I mean, if you go on my Facebook page, everything that I post is pretty much either it's it's a shared SQPN podcast <laughs> or like I don't I don't just write. Uh, I remember. Back when Facebook started it, they used to have like a, a dialogue prompt that was yes. like, what are you thinking? Or, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling blank or what my day is blank or something. And it wanted to prompt those kind of sharings. I don't do that. Um, I tend to post like a single picture on Instagram and it's and it's Star Wars or Catholic related. And, you know, and I and I kind of have fun with it, but there's never anything super personal. Um, but not that I wouldn't I, I, I would share what's appropriate something that I wouldn't mind if everybody in the entire world knew. And I want to also share just a little bit that, you know, yeah, technology, online, social media, all that can also, it can be a way to be able to connect with people who are hurting and who are suffering. Um, with my Father Fett Instagram page in particular, uh, about a year and a half ago, there was there was a, a guy uh, who committed suicide who was a, a Star Wars fan. And so there was a number of us that that knew him. And um, in fact, he was he was one who first reached out to me when I started to get into the Star Wars Instagram world. Um, and, and so it, it was a it was a shock to us. And I had a number of people direct message me so private message not not publicly but private message me personally because they knew that i was a priest and were able to share their own struggles with with dealing with this um even uh just probably a month and a half ago i had another guy in in the same group who who instagram called me uh which i didn't i didn't realize was a thing uh <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, so, but, so that was, that was really interesting, but, but he was, he was struggling with, uh, potential suicidal thoughts. And so like we, we talked for half an hour to an hour, you know, and I've, and I've been able to, to keep in touch and, and, and we've been friends for a year or so by now and he's doing, he's doing a lot better, but, but again, like, so there was, there are ways to do this that's healthy and private and because I, I don't I'm I don't live close to any of these people. Uh, so uh, I, I guess prudence is kind of the key in all of this. Uh, we don't want to we don't want to overshare personal stuff in a public setting. But also, I think we can't we can't just kind of be a well, if we're going to use technology, we can't be a recluse either and just not not engage. There's there's a healthy balance to, to both sides of it, and it can be used uh, in, a, in a good way to to help people without without exposing those deep personal uh, wounds that people are going through. Well, and I'm, I know I've seen myself a whole bunch of places where people have uh, made very good friendships, conversations. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. really gets very deep and spiritually as well as, well as you know, maybe uh, philosophy or a lot of things. And it wouldn't have happened because they're they're living across the country from each other. So there is a shared thing that can be very powerful. And I've seen a lot of things with faith and formation and, and uh, sharing that have been, just been beautiful. Starquest, so, Facebook, yeah. yeah. Starquest wouldn't exist without that. And we're <laughs> all separated across in, in the beginning across the world. And still we have people in Australia. I mean, and we all connect via these different platforms. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was just going to say, I know Facebook groups has those privacy settings that they can be pretty locked down. Um, and I know that there are a number of people who, who are in those groups and are able to share like that. So there, there are really good ways to do this too. That's not, uh, that's not public. All right. I, uh, I want to shift gears here and, uh, it was a great, great conversation. Thank you for sharing that father, Andrew, that, I think that very personal, but very, I think very helpful. I think for a lot of parents and a lot of young people out there to, to hear that story. Uh, but I do want to shift gears to talk about some headlines, some tech headlines this week that folks might want to hear about. Uh, the first one I want to mention is that it, we'll be discussing this in detail next week, I'm sure, in, in our next episode. Sorry, you guys aren't here for that. In fact, I've got the two the, scheduled. I've got the two non-Apple guys. Well, actually, oh. actually, I have to, I have to, I have to backtrack that. Jack is uh, is an iPhone guy now, but Jack and Thomas okay. will be here next time. But we'll be talking about Apple's next big launch event, which is going to take place on September 15th. And uh, so there's a lot of speculation. What's it going to be? Um, they, they, it's a, it's going to be another one of these virtual events, of course, because that's what we do now. Um, and it says, oh, it, what, what was the, the tagline on it? It was something like it, um, time to something or other time to gather or something. Time flies is the tagline for the event. A lot of people, oh, what does that mean? They're doing criminal, criminology about it. Was that the tagline for this one? I thought I read somewhere that that the the rumor is is that this event is not going to include the iPhone. Uh, right. That's that's yeah. So, th so that they is, were saying that time is watch. Yes. So the it's expected to be new Apple watches and perhaps iPad. new iPads uh, or an iPad or iPads plural. Um, anything else is pro they're probably planning to do multiple events the uh, apple had said earlier this summer that the iphone 12 is going to be delayed so that's just a uh, already a fact uh, which means they don't they generally try not to pre-announce announce the iphone uh, more than a week or two before they can start taking orders and then it goes out a little after that so we're probably looking at about a month away from that event the iphone event uh, so what would they be talking about here? So maybe the Apple Watch, um, an iPad. People have been speculating about the Apple Tags, which is the location tracking devices. Maybe that's more of an iPhone thing. Um, so iPhone iOS 14 is probably not going to be until the the iPhone 12 is coming out. But maybe Big Sur. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they'd hold Big Sur until they've got the Apple Silicon Mags ready, which is also coming out this year at some point maybe December 31st, who knows? So um, it's a, this year, everything, all, everything's up in the air. Who knows? There's no way, there's nothing to go by to, 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 to figure this stuff out. There is another tease that you, you didn't mention. Um, have you pulled up the Apple website and gone to the Apple event page on your iPhone? Uh, well, I haven't, but I've seen it. Uh, if you video go there it. on your iPhone, um, yeah. I don't know if it works for Droid, probably. I don't know. No, Either way, if just, you go there yeah. and you you tap on the Apple logo, the crazy blue swirly Apple logo, it will it will create an augmented reality icon that uses your camera and places it in a physical location that you can Ooh. see it. It's really kind of fun. So I don't know if that's just a fun gimmick or if that's a tease that there's an AR related component to the event. Well, and they've talked about glasses, you know, yeah. and someone said. It's a two hour of like they've blocked off two hours for this event. Two hours is a long time to talk about some new watches and a new iPad. So there's got this. Maybe there is a one more thing in there that, to, to to fill up the, the, the time. So it could be it could be. 
even if it's just a first demonstration of something mm-hmm. would be interesting. Uh, we'll you see. say you got there through the app, the app store? No. no. So if you go to like apple.com and go oh, to their... As a website. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have to start at the website and then go to... I think if you just scroll down on the main page, you should find the, the link the to the event. Yeah. Or the, yeah. And the logo. And then it'll, it'll pop up with your camera. It's really fun. I saw it really on cool. a, a Greg Joswiak is the senior VP for marketing for Apple. I saw it on his Twitter account. Mm-hmm. So he, he put, he posted a video of it on the Apple campus, you know, version of it. But sure. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about more about what that, whatever that is next week. We'll talk about it here. I'm, uh, I'm definitely excited because I think this is the year, um, that I upgrade my iPhone. So even though I know that yeah. this probably isn't an iPhone event, yes. but it's, it's all, it's all kind of coming. So I'm curious to see what, what they've got in Apple watch series six. There's lots of talk about, uh, blood oxygen monitors, which is a 2020 mm. thing. <laughs> um, I would love to see a blood glucose monitor but i don't think that's i don't think we're close to that yet there's that's still done they're they're working on it but i think it's still down the road um but a blood glucose monitor would be huge uh no more no more finger pricks for for diabetics um so uh it'll be interesting to see what they go they the um yeah i'm kind of i'm curious i'm curious uh but we'll talk about whatever it is we'll talk about it here uh the next headline is from facebook Yay! Uh, <laughs> Facebook has announced that it's going to ban new election ad campaigns in the final week before the U.S. election. So uh, in case you were living under a rock uh, or not American and don't care about our politics, uh, we have an election, com- a presidential election coming up on uh, November 4th. And so uh, starting no- uh, October 27th, they won't accept new ads for political campaigns, although political campaigns and Political action committees can't, you know, candidates and political action committees can buy ads that will run that final week. So you're not escaping from political ads the week before. Darn. Yeah. Yeah. Like at first I was like excited. Oh, are we going to be free? No. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then they have a whole bunch of other stuff. You've, if you've been on Facebook, you've probably been inundated with the Facebook's voting information center spamming you at the top of your news feed. Um, they're going to do all kinds of stuff like. Uh, anything that that looks like people are trying to um, suppress the vote by misleading people. Um, uh, some of it makes you a little leery because that it calls for certain kinds of judgment calls. What is what is suppressing the vote mean? Um, if I telling people to vote twice, you know, that would be it. Or or telling them to, <laughs> to, to that if you don't know who to if if you if you haven't been paying attention, don't bother voting. I I say that every year, like. Uh, I I am all for low voter turnout. If you've not been paying attention and you don't know what the issues are, don't bother voting. Although this at this point, <laughs> is there anybody who doesn't know what the issues are? <laughs> so, um, but they said uh, they're interesting. The company will also work with election officials to identify voter suppression related posts starting today. That's a it's an interesting it's an interesting place that Facebook has gotten into, which is they are now sort of the keeper of our like they uh, they're our public square they're the keeper of the public square and what happens with facebook affects how our country chooses its leaders and that's kind of kind of scary a little bit but interesting like what i understood too is the reason that that ban for that last week was so that things wouldn't be out there before there was time to fact check 
and and come up with with uh, with people to to uh, countervene the the real negative or erroneous stuff. So that that I can see is reasonable. Yeah. One thing that one thing that they're going to do that I I fully support, which is Facebook will temporarily, I would like this to be permanent, restrict the number of people you can forward links to in Messenger to five per message. I wish this could be permanent. So no more. Send this to everyone in your address book, chain mail messages. (laughs) But uh, in any case, it's going to be restricted to five at a time. So that's at least for, for a while anyway. Even if they did 15 or something, that would be. <laughs> yes, that would be an improvement. And I think the, the, the key, of course, is to just be informed. You know, like if you're if you're using Facebook for your um, information on on who to vote for. That's probably not a good idea. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so so be informed, you know, go vote. But, you know, be informed. You know, and there is uh, I was just kind of glancing at, at EWTN's website. They have a whole website dedicated to to voting and, and which is really cool because they lay out, lay out some of the moral principles, prudence, uh, moral cooperation, um, some of the uh, the the non-negotiable issues in, you know, the political parties or, or you know, what things we cannot budge on in, in in deciding our vote. So, like, you know, so there are good resources out there. Uh, that are not Facebook to <laughs> right. on, on a Catholic level, kind of wrap your mind around uh, some of the moral principles and what's going on. And then to be able to look critically at the candidates and then and then vote. Not telling you who to vote for, but Correct. how to think about Correct. voting. How to do critical thinking. <laughs> yes, that would be nice. Uh, so our next headline uh, comes from uh, this one. Well, originally it was in Financial Times, but it's behind a paywall. So I'm going to go to Ars Technica, which talks about the Financial Times article, uh, which is that Amazon's top top 10 UK reviewers, most of them appear to be for pay fake five-star reviewing. Uh, now, this is all alleged at this point, but here's what's going on. It tur- It looks like that like nine out of 10 of the top UK based Amazon reviewers. And let's be honest, it's probably not limited to the UK at this point. Uh, we're, uh, we're getting free stuff from uh, no name or little known Chinese brands writing five-star reviews and then getting to keep the stuff and then selling it on eBay for a profit. Uh, they, they, the number one reviewer on, uh, on Amazon in UK, apparently reviewed 15,000 pounds. That's, British pounds worth of stuff in August alone and appeared to sell nearly 20,000 pounds worth of stuff on, on eBay in June. And a lot of the time they, they did the, the ground, the, you know, the legwork where they matched up. He wrote a review of this product on this date a week after he sold it on eBay and, you know, this sort of stuff and how, you know, and they confronted him. He said, Oh, I had duplicate stuff and um, I get free stuff all the time and so on and so forth. And I don't want to talk to you. And, and, you know, I got the phone on the journalist uh, and they've had a number of them. And so Amazon is investigating, and this is a big problem on, on Amazon of fake reviews you know uh, i've talked before about using services like fake spot which helps grade the the reviews on different products so you you can you can see whether these are does this product deserve the reviews it got or is it all fake um by you know made by bots or people being paid to write good reviews uh what do y'all think how how important are reviews on like amazon to you when you buy stuff there 
<laughs> I, I look at the reviews and I and all the ones that are glowing or very critically hypercritical, I usually kind of discount the top and start looking at the ones that are, you know, saying, well, this particular problem occurred in this way. And this is this is something that's a real problem for me. I try to look at it. That is not, you know, all gung ho or all negative. There's got to be a middle ground. But I do look at them. Um of course, some of them are funny too. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I think they're important. I often what I'm getting on Amazon, I don't need the review for. If it's like I'm getting a, a book or something, I I don't need the review. But but in general, if there's if there's other things that I'm looking at and I'm debating, uh, the reviews the reviews do help me kind of decide. Like, okay, there's a lot of people that thought this was was decent, and they'll go for it. And yeah, if there are people being paid to have fake reviews, that is incredibly problematic. And um, that's just, yeah, I, I, I hope it's a huge problem. Guys. It's a huge problem for yeah. Amazon, because if people stop trusting mm-hmm. the, the, the things that they're relying on, they'll start looking elsewhere. They'll look to whoever can provide them the product in a decent, you know, people, because you can't hold it, you can't, you know, pick it up and look at it and, and, and then easily return it if it doesn't work. Like we used to be able to do with target and Walmart. Uh, so they, they rely on, well, what do other people think? And that's, that's the, the weak point. The, some of them that I found helpful is when they take a picture of the product that they're using as it's intended. And so I can see like, if, if I'm getting something and the dimensions don't quite make sense to me, but I have a user reviewed picture of how they're using, you know, the product I can see, Oh yeah. Okay. That's roughly you know, the size that I was envisioning it, it to be. So yeah, they're, they're helpful for not being able to physically go into a store and pick it up. Well, at least they had, they had added the uh, purchase was verified, you know, on some, on a lot of the reviews before they didn't have that. The other thing is if, like, if it's a tech product, I also go looking at other tech resources and try to say, okay, for that product, look at the Amazon reviews and also look at, you know, like Tom's Hardware or uh, some of the other sites that, that I have come to say, I trust those. You know, I trust them more than the others. Wirecutter, Consumer Reports. Right. Those sorts right. of places. Yep, I agree. All right. I think that should do it for our headlines this week. Let's move on to our picks of the week. Uh, Father Angel, let's start with you. What's your pick of the week this week? So my pick of the week is a uh, is a a smart scale. It's a run Kobo smart scale smart scale um in fact i'm pretty sure i picked this using uh looking at reviews on amazon (laughs) (laughs) well it must have worked (laughs) Um, so i mean so so it's just a a digital scale that you'd use you know in your bathroom to to measure your your body weight uh but what's nice about this is that it will connect to your phone with with bluetooth or you can have it connect to your wireless network and it can upload uh to the cloud and so it syncs with an app on your ios device or android device and what's nice about it is that it does it'll it'll do weight it'll it has science working in it so it i can't explain it but it but it determines to the best of its ability you know bmi um what percentage of body fat you have um, even things like how much, uh, muscle mass you have and how, how much bone mass you have. I don't entirely know how it figures this out, but that's kind of interesting. And, um, you know, just 
all sorts of various uh, information that, that it can glean from a scale. So for those of you who are health conscious or, you know, are trying to get back into shape and want to use this as a tool to, to track your progress um, or just to use it as a, as a normal bathroom scale, um, I, I found that it's a, it's a pretty cool thing and, and it works well and works with both iOS and Android and uh, can you know, complement an Apple watch or a Fitbit or any of the other, uh, workout devices. And, uh, so that, that would be, yeah, that's my pick of the week. Cool. And awesome. I think it runs about $70 if I remember right. Look, looks like it right now. I'm looking at it now, but it's about 70 bucks. Excellent. Uh, Pat, what's your pick this week? Well, speaking of Amazon reviews, um, <laughs> I've, I have a whole lot of customers that are finding themselves with a desktop and not having a, a camera to do Zoom or whatever and not knowing why people can't hear them or see them because <laughs> they didn't have a camera. So I I have gotten uh, several cameras during this time, and uh, the ones I prefer are Logitech. There's a lot of brands out there, but I've always trusted what I've found and used with the Logitech series. Microsoft's have been pretty good, too. But there's a lot of no-name cameras out there that I wouldn't, I just, maybe they'll work and maybe they won't. So I had uh, gotten several models, and so in the show notes, there there are links to a couple of models. Uh, speaking of Amazon and, and return, though, I had gotten a camera today, in fact, that uh came in a box and it was sealed in an Amazon envelope and said Logitech on the outside. And when I opened it up, it was a speaker for, you know, a little tiny portable speaker you could put on your, your belt loop. And I'm saying, this is not my webcam. So with Amazon, at least all I had to do was go to their website and say, they shipped the wrong item. And they gave me a QR code with a piece of paper I take to UPS. I don't even have to rebox it if I don't want to. All I have to do is walk in with that thing and they'll send it back. Nice. And they're going to send me another one. Very good. Very good. So uh, I did write a negative review of the company that sent it, though, because Amazon package was not opened. But that package inside sure looks smashed and and uh, something else was crammed into the box that was intended for a camera. Interesting. You know, one thing about no-name cameras, like like if for a webcam, I would always go with a name brand, whether it's Logitech or Anchor or Microsoft. The other thing about no-name cameras is even whether if it works, you don't know anything about the security of that camera either. And a, a webcam is a is a window and a microphone into your home, so <laughs> so you want to be sure that the security on that is top notch as well. So uh, that's why I always go for the name brands on those. Well, and besides the fact I've I've seen too many reviews of well I you know it it won't work with this uh, model you know the the drivers were you know three years old that got that uh, are out there and, and all that type of thing so going with a a brand name saves you a lot of hassle. So my pick this week is an app for uh, it's an, a Mac app because uh, that's what I usually pick is uh, <laughs> is a Mac app called Downlink and you can find it on the Mac App Store. I'll put a link to their website in the show notes. But uh, what it does is it places as wallpaper on your desktop a satellite image from the one of the GOES satel- uh, weather satellites, NASA's satellites that are uh, in geosynchronous orbit over, uh, well, there's a couple different ones that you can choose from, but uh, there's one that's that over the east coast one of the west coast is one that shows the entire continental u.s one that shows the entire 
uh, hemisphere. Uh, there's several different ones for east and west and that sort of thing. And I, I like to have the continental U.S. And it's real time almost. Uh, it, it will update every 20 minutes with the latest image from the satellite to show you the cloud cover, for instance, of the U.S. So right now uh, we're recording. uh, It's about 10 o'clock at night, East Coast time. And I see the entire country is in uh, is is dark. But there's I see the lights from all the cities and I can I can actually looks like there's a little bit of cloud cover over Austin. But, uh, you know, we had thunderstorms today. But uh, (laughs) Wyoming looks nice and clear. And uh, so it's (laughs) but we we had all the snow yesterday. Exactly. So uh, the uh, and, and what's been fascinating is looking at right now on the west coast and seeing the giant plumes of you can see the all the ash clouds from the fires uh, pouring out over the right now is over the pacific before it was heading out east but now it's it, it, the winds have turned and it's pouring over the pacific so it's a fascinating real-time look at the skies i mean it's not for weather forecasting but it's real it's you know it's it's a fascinating look so i it's and it's it's free it's free and it's a very low it's it's not like moving in behind you, so it's very low impact on your resources for your computer. So it's uh it's really nice. I I highly recommend it. I've got it on two big Retina screens, and it doesn't mm. it doesn't seem to be impacting the computer at all. So um, it's really nice. All right, so that's my pick. All right, uh, let's wrap it up there. I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Patrick G. Catherine M, Ramiro G, Ken M, and Blake P. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. If you'd like to give us any feedback on our discussion or anything we had to uh, talk about tonight, let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com. And you can find links from our discussion and the picks of the week on our show notes at sqpn.com. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app, or on YouTube, the SQPN YouTube channel, and hit the bell to get notifications. Until next time, Father Andrew Kinstetter, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Absolutely. Pat Scott, thank you as well. Very glad to be here. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. <laughs>